Welcome to the Backseat Driver Podcast, where we attempt to look differently at the worlds of performance, psychology, and sport. My name is Chris DeMarco, and by trade, I am a mental performance consultant. My co-host Matthew is a doctor, avid runner, and someone who's not afraid to stir the pot, who also happens to be my brother. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Backseat Driver Podcast. Today, we have an awesome episode, our first episode ever. So if you're listening to this, you are officially a founder of this podcast. So we're going to cover a couple different things today. The first is going to be one, you're probably wondering, uh, who the heck are we? I think that's important. And also why we're doing this podcast. And uh, so that's that's where I would like to start. I'll throw it over to my co-host, Matthew, to kind of let you know who he is. This is the this is the fun part where we get to talk a little bit about ourselves and make ourselves sound really good. Um, if you don't ever get the chance to do it, it's really fun. So here's our here's our opportunity. Matthew, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are? Um, yeah, and we'll start there. Sweet. Thanks, man. So my name is Matthew DeMarco. As we kind of said in our intro, I have a background in exercise science. Uh, went to undergrad University of South Carolina. Uh, did med school at Medical University of South Carolina. Went to residency at the University of Utah and just finished up family medicine residency and started a job in primary care here in Charleston, South Carolina. So I am a doctor by training. My background is definitely in exercise science, strength and conditioning, running, sports performance, and those kind of realms. And so I really enjoy those kind of realms, both personally. I find that I really enjoy coaching others. I really enjoy coaching myself. I run marathons as as a hobby, running in general as a hobby, and along with lots of other endurance-type sports and exploring-type sports like climbing and things like that. So that's kind of my background, and I just love talking about those topics. Chris and I have talked about these types of topics for years, and, and I think that's part of my why for why we wanted to do a podcast was we've been having these conversations these discussions, these debates for years, and we wanted to kind of share those those opportunities and those discussions and debates with other people and see if there were like-minded people out there that also enjoyed those topics and kind of looking at the the other side of, of a lot of these preconceived notions and these things that we take for granted. So I'll let Chris introduce himself and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, and before I get into myself, I want to just address what you just said. I think and that's kind of the the fun part about this for us and part of the reason we're doing this is for years even even when we were a little bit younger and before all of these qualifications and things whatever you want to call them we would always be watching something as simple as like a football game and being like why is this coach doing this like what a that doesn't make sense or oh my gosh like that was brilliant and to so i think different conversations about sport coaching psychology all these different things that we would have and we were like we we're like, dude, we should just uh, share this with other people. And and now that we kind of have experience doing it, we figured this was kind of the time to start. So, yeah, hundred percent agree with that. And and people that know us, we have certainly a lot of similarities, but also a lot of differences. Similarities, probably growing up in the same household, but but definitely a ton of differences as well. He runs marathons, and I can barely run a mile, for example. So, yeah. So to get into a little bit about myself. 
So I also, one of the things we do share in common is we actually have the same undergraduate degree in exercise and sports science, correct? And so we, we both have that, but then we took different routes after that. He obviously went into the medical field and I went into the field of sports psychology, did a master's out at the University of Denver, also in college. Just a side note, I did play collegiate golf. My career was underwhelming, but did enjoy my four years playing collegiately at Queens University of Charlotte. And after I went there, I did a master's, like I said, at the University of Denver, spent a couple of years out there, learned from some very, very smart people, and just had a, a great time doing a couple, obviously enjoying Denver as a city. It's very different than where we're from in Charleston, but also just hearing from some of the top sports psychologists in the country, in the world, pretty much every week, sometimes every day was an experience I was, that was honestly priceless. And after that, decided to move back to Charleston and start my own practice working with athletes. And, and since then, it's been really cool. It's grown into a, a lot of different areas. So currently, I have my own practice and work with various athletes through it, but also spend a lot of time working with tennis players ranging from you know high school, like an academy setting, as well as some professional women's tennis players. Also have been working with the professional soccer team here in Charleston called the Charleston Battery. And that has been a really awesome experience. And then recently I've also kind of branched outside of the the sport field and into more performance, working with some actually medical professionals, surgeons, doctors, and things like that. And so, yeah, a wide range of it, of people that I'm working with, ranging from, like I said, a, a medical doctor all the way to like a 14 year old youth tennis player, you know, so and everything in between. So certainly get a lot of, a lot of different variation and no days the same, which, which is really fun. But so that's, that's kind of where we're at and kind of went over the why if I, I just think interesting conversation is, is why enough. We, we love to talk about things and, and want to just, and eventually with this podcast, we'll definitely get to hear y'all's takes as far as questions that come in and different ideas that you guys have for us, we'd love to discuss those as well. So yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Anything to, to add on for, for that? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing I want to say is obviously growing up as the older brother, I I feel like I was in the position where I was giving a lot of advice or kind of in that position where I, I went through things first. But I will say it's been very interesting and awesome to watch Chris kind of start this practice and get so many different clients from so many areas. And I feel like most of our conversations now are really me asking him, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And going to some of these games, watching some of the athletes he's working with and kind of seeing, well, what does it look like to, you know, work with someone on this or what's the thought process here? Or, or what would you change about what this athlete's doing here? And I think that sparked a whole new side of the conversations we've been having. And so I think that really was another driving force behind starting this podcast is just the experience he's getting and the the framework that he has for performance and the framework he has for really anyone that wants to learn how to to do better. And so I'm really excited for him to be able to share that in these episodes and for him to be able to kind of share some of the things he's learned working with really top performers in a number of areas as well. And I'll try to chime in from time to time about things I've learned through med school residency and my job as well. And hopefully that will make for interesting chatter. So with that being said, we're going to send it over to Chris for our first topic. Yeah. So like you said, he's super underqualified to, to talk about things. So today we're going to, we're going to probably get into two different topics. If, if 
we have time, but the first one that I wanted to bring up that's relevant, and I think that's something we'll, we'll discuss in this podcast, is try to keep things relatively current and, and going on in the world. And one that stood out to me recently, and this was probably, the article came out probably a week ago, about the poor Chicago Bears. They, so I'll preface it with this. I, I don't know if Justin Fields is going to be a good quarterback and the Bears are probably going to be a terrible football team this year. They're already 0-4. But the article that came out and the comments made by Justin Fields the other week were, were fascinating to me. And he was talking about this idea of being essentially overcoached, is to simplify it. And I'll, I'll read you a couple of his quotes. Some of you may have heard it. Others may have not. But he said, and I quote, I don't think it's too many coaching voices, but I just think when you're fed a lot of information at a point in time and you're trying to think about that info when you're playing, it doesn't let you play like yourself, end quote. That is, it's so funny he said that in in talking about a little bit of my background, I almost feel like if you were to summarize my job in a nutshell, it's that. It's, It's helping people simplify what they can do. And the the danger of overcoaching, information overload, all those different things. And it's something I unfortunately probably see a lot of from especially sport coaches where it's like there is all of this information. And yes, like it, a lot of it's good information and it's not wrong. But if we give someone 10 different things to think about, we know now psychologically our brain just cannot withstand that. And it's certainly not going to perform at a highest level. So I'm just, I'd be curious, have you experienced anything like that? I mean, going through, you can take this wherever you want, but I can imagine going through med school. I mean, you talk about information overload or, or something you've seen maybe in, in your environments with, with this. Well, I think one of the fun things just right off the bat about this is, is both of us saw this story around the same time and immediately we're basically sending each other articles about yeah. this, text <laughs> about it, tweets about it. We're, we're just looking at this and I'm saying, wow, this is, you know, this is everything that we talk about not doing from a performance standpoint and from a playing freely standpoint and from kind of trying to find that flow state while you're playing standpoint of feeding all this information, all these, you know, kind of specific pointers, all these reads, all these things that kind of clog up your, your information processing. And so, you know, I, the thing that stands out to me about this whole story is actually thinking back to one of the main points that I've learned from working with Chris over the years. And that's when you're trying to teach someone, especially when you're someone that has a lot of information to teach, it's so easy to try to teach them everything you know, but that usually ends up actually making the person worse. And so it's so counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive. I, and I think the idea that, trying to focus on one thing and really perfect that one thing or let one thing be the the main idea is so difficult for coaches. You know, I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of what that looks like for you. Yeah. Like you said, it's extremely difficult to, to do that because like, like you said, you, especially when you're an expert at a, on a field, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. We'll just use sport. For example, like you're a football coach there are a lot of things to think about and there are 
there is so much information, especially if you study for years and years, and you just want to be like, hey, well, pay attention to this and this and this and this. And it's actually funny we're talking about this because I just came from a session with some of the tennis players at the academy I work with, and it was completely about simplifying things and, and just structuring things in a way that gives their mind one thing to focus on for each point, which is just clarity of what they're trying to do, very simplistic. And being around the best athletes, it's, it's fascinating because you think like, oh, they must think about all these things. And like, they really, they really don't. <laughs> it's, it's usually a very, very simple framework, which allows them to be athletic, allows them to be creative with things. But if we try to, and, and I think this is what happened to Justin Fields. Justin Fields was the number one overall recruit. He was projected as like a top five pick. He went 10, I think. So he's obviously a ridiculously talented player. And here he is saying, and, I, and I'll read one more quote from it. And here it is. You're trying to process so much, so much information to where it's like, if I just simplified in my mind, I would have done this. I saw a few plays on Sunday. If I was playing like my old self, we would have had a positive play. And I'll stop there because that is exactly what and, and so I'm not I don't know if the Bears coaches are good or not I, I don't know and I'm sure some of this is on Justin Fields himself but it's so true and this is something I see all the time and so he was kind of getting I don't know if you saw I didn't re- look at a ton of the reaction but it sounded like he was almost getting kind of like oh he's not taking responsibility for uh, you know as like the leader of the team but but when I heard it I was like wow this is something I see every day yeah and one thing that if you go back and watch that game, there's the play that kind of encapsulates this whole issue that he's dealing with at the moment. There's a guy running up the seam. There's no one within yeah. 20 <laughs> yards of him. And you're like, he, he's been able to make this read and make this decision, make this throw since he was probably 10 years old. And I think you just, you see that so often when people are slumping or struggling or really just not playing like they used to play. And I think a lot of that really comes by way of this just information overload, which leads to thinking overload, yeah. which leads to slow processing and poor play. And and not to segue into our next topic perfectly, but that does kind of speak to something that you saw this week on David Epstein's newsletter and this Christmas tree effect. So I want you to kind of explain that and then we'll kind of weave these two things together here. Yeah, so it was fascinating. So we were we were planning on talking talking about the Justin Fields article today, and then this morning, David Epstein, who by the way is just such a smart. I love reading his stuff. He re- he wrote the book Range, which is one of my favorite books. If you have not read it, please go check it out. And he has a newsletter that I obviously would that I love reading what he has as well. And the one today is kind of exactly what we're talking about. He calls it title it the Christmas tree effect, and and what it is is. The, the analogy, I, I love it as I was reading it this morning, is on a Christmas tree, you hang one ornament at a time and then another ornament and another one, and you keep adding to it. Over And over time, the tree becomes full and to the point where you can't add anything else. And basically how our brain, like, like you were saying, when you're a coach, the tendency is to want to just add and add and add and like a Christmas tree, but that's just not how we work we need you know one thing at a time master it so we don't really have to spend any cognitive resources on it and then we add another thing and then we master but if we're going one and then oh yeah and this and then oh also don't forget about this then now we have the christmas tree and we're trying to juggle 10 different things at once and it just doesn't work and so the whole basis of the article 
is talking about le- basically less is more, which it's <laughs> it's funny because Justin Fields, I think, it would certainly agree with with this article. But yeah, you you had a chance to read it over this morning after I shared it with you. Kind of, what was your take on it? Well, I think it's funny because there is a side of coaching where you kind of see the whole Christmas tree with all the ornaments on it, right? And I think the best coaches are able to see the Christmas tree for what it is, all the things on the Christmas tree, but then say, hey, probably these one or two ornaments are actually the most important Hmm. ornaments on the tree. Let's try to take everything else off the tree that's kind of weighing it down and see if we can make this tree a little bit lighter. So I think when you talk about good coaches, good performance, I think a lot of times you see that they're able to do that, kind of see what are the most important things on this tree. And I think this comes up in the article because they they analyze traffic data from the state of Texas where they do something very fascinating, which is for one week, they show a sign that shows the number of traffic fatalities on this sign, basically, that we've all driven by on the highway, those electronic signs. They show, hey, there's been 300 traffic fatalities in Texas this year. But then for some reason, the next week, they turn off those billboards and they don't have that up there. And so one one researcher was like, wow, that's a fascinating experiment. We can <laughs> yeah. we can kind of analyze this and see, hey, does this actually reduce fatalities or is there actually something worse going on here? And so talk a little bit about what they found. Well, the direction they took in is, is it was funny because I'm actually going to take it a, a little bit of a different direction. They, they basically went with kind of what we're talking about, which is, hey, your attention matters when you're driving. And if we put a giant sign up that says, people die a lot, obviously that grabs your attention and your, your eyes go there, your mind goes there for a few seconds. And their hypothesis is that's the reason that the, the traffic deaths went up was we have these signs everywhere, people get distracted by them and therefore more, more wrecks. And, and so I'm not disagreeing with that at all, but I also think a, a potential another factor that comes in is I think it puts people almost in this state of mind. I, I in sport, I use the term like play to win versus play to lose mindset or like threat versus challenge is, is another way to put it. And th- that type of signage, I feel like has to put someone in a threat mindset of you passing. You're like, oh, crap, like I don't want to die. And then you start driving like you start over talking about overthinking. You start overthinking you're driving. I know I've done that before where you're like, oh, man, I'm a, and you start like paying attention to things you don't need to. So I wonder if that, I have no scientific data to back that one up, but just out of curiosity, if, if that played a factor as well. But yeah, the, the two things, the attention, uh, as well as maybe a little bit of, of fear as well, kind of going into to that and, and not in a productive way. Well, I would say for some people, you actually probably get the opposite effect, which is they see a number like 200 up there and they're thinking, Oh, I'm invincible. And so they actually (laughs) are probably doing the opposite with their driving, which is they're being even less safe and thinking less about it because they're like, oh, the chance of me dying. So you probably have both sides of the coin. Yeah, that's the the near miss effect that that happened. I forget. I can't remember exactly what book it was in, but there was an example of one of the towns in World War II that was getting bombed. And they were like, oh my gosh, like it's so dangerous but like no no one died from it. And so they felt invincible. And so they would like not listen to the rules. And so, yeah, the, the near miss can be very, it's kind of like a, a cop where you, you pass a cop speeding and they don't pull you and you're like, oh sweet, I can speed and still not get pulled even when the cop's right there, then why would I never speed? So that type of, that type of effect. Yeah, but to, 
to bring it back to the original conversation, I think this idea of less is more kind of is interwoven through both of these stories. And I think if I was to pull one performance principle for everyone from this, and even looking at my job in the medical field, I think you see this all the time with burnout for doctors and people really working in all of healthcare is we're constantly getting our Christmas tree filled with more ornaments and not necessarily ornaments that are adding to productivity and adding to performance. And so, you know, I think for all of us, it can be, and David Epstein says this at the end of his newsletter this week, but I think for all of us taking a look in the mirror and saying, Hey, which of these ornaments can we actually take off here? Which of these are actually adding friction and not adding to our performance is kind of, you know, one of the performance takeaways from from these topics that we wanted to touch on. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point to simplify and just to, to put a bow on that for sure. Like I said, something that I see a lot of, I think it was interesting to bring up your, your perspective on the medical field with it, but we'll we'll put a bow on that for now. And just transition into kind of why we named our podcast, what we named it. And you were, I'll I'll give you the credit for for founding the name. So why don't you talk a little bit about why we're calling it the Backseat Driver? Yeah, I think people are probably wondering what in the world this has to do with the topics we're talking about. And, And my friend, I texted him, kind of sampled some people on the name. And he was like, it sounds like you're doing a car podcast. So I just want to clarify episode one. This is not a car podcast. So I think we picked the name mainly because it we wanted it to feel like the conversations you'd have in the backseat on a long road trip. You know, the conversations where you pass a, a billboard and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then you kind of spiral into these different topics. You kind of launch off onto these different tangents. And they're natural conversations, but they're interesting conversations. They dive into topics that matter to people. They dive into conversations and topics that impact their day-to-day lives. So, yeah, it's funny. I mean, real life example is recently I was on a, on a road trip with uh, one of my friends and it was an eight hour, eight hour drive. And like you said, a lot of the just just great conversations come out of those situations. And so obviously trying to do that in a in a shorter format, but also, yeah, just kind of that being the theme. I, I thought it was interesting. Always picking a name is if you've never picked a name for a business or a podcast or whatever it is. It's actually extremely difficult. So hopefully it hopefully it makes sense. If it doesn't, then too bad. The other thing that obviously the name alludes to, which is the normal reference you think of, is the backseat drivers always thinking about how they could be doing things better, telling the, the front seat or the, the driver of the car how they could be driving better. And obviously from a performance perspective, we're always critiquing, always looking at how this could be better, how you can think better, how you can perform better. And so I think that's the other other side of the coin with the name as well. Yeah, I mean, 100%. You know, everyone hates a backseat driver. And I think that's, you know, I think part of what we're doing, I mean, even with our prior conversation, just looking at, you know, for example, the Bears organization from the outside and, and what's going on and and just critiquing it. And, and, and in some, hopefully in most cases, really, really learning from other situations. But, but yeah, absolutely. So this will wrap up episode one. We hope you enjoyed. We're really looking forward to expanding the topics, expanding the conversation, having guests on future episodes. And we are very excited for you to kind of come on this journey with us, learn with us as we dive into the podcast world. And hopefully we will improve as we go along. And, you know, I'm excited to do this with my brother and excited to to see where it goes. So do you have any final thoughts, Chris, before we close up here? We have a 
story for you guys in the next episode so tune in for that i like Um, it throwing (laughs) throwing down the teaser for episode two already we also we have some awesome topics and conversations coming up for the next episode so stay tuned we hope you enjoyed this first episode of the backseat driver podcast and we will see you soon